This is the Barbecue Central Radio Show, which is recorded live each Tuesday at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. The Barbecue Central Radio Show is being brought to you by The Barbecue Guru, the original creators of automatic temperature control devices, now offering four different models for you to choose from. Rest easy knowing that The Barbecue Guru is controlling your temperature so you can get on with your life. Visit BBQGuru.com or call 800-288-GURU for more information. And by Fred's Music and Tasty Licks BBQ Supply, your online barbecue and grilling superstore. From cookers to grills, wood chips and chunks, and everything in between, also be sure to try the Tasty Licks barbecue brand of rubs and sauces. Check Fred out online at TastyLicksBBQ.com. And by Stephen DeFranco Jewelers. Located in beautiful Willoughby, Ohio, Stephen DeFranco Jewelers is a family-owned and operated business looking to service the great folks of the barbecue and grilling world. Get free shipping and big discounts by mentioning my name and the term Barbecue Brother. Check out their inventory by visiting stephendefranco.com. And by Butcher Barbecue, with 30 years of experience in retail, wholesale, meat markets, food service, and customer service. Using that experience, everything they do and sell at Butcher's Barbecue comes from real-world knowledge. Check out their award-winning spices, sauces, marinades, and injections by visiting ButcherBBQ.com. Always trust your butcher. And by Green Mountain Grills. Discover something you'll really, really love. Grilling with pellets. Green Mountain Pellet Grills are the top of the line, best of the best, but not the highest in price. And be sure to check out all of their flavor rubs, sauces, and pellets for the Green Mountain Grill all on their website. Visit GreenMountainGrills.com to peruse the entire product's portfolio. And by Barbecuer's Delight Wood Pellets. Two-thirds oak, one-third flavor wood, giving you that perfect combination of BTU burn and sweet, succulent smoke you're looking to get all over your meat. A wide variety of flavors, so please go to the website to check it out and get yours today. Barbecuer's Delight, which is bbqrsdelight.com. And by JP Custom Smoke. A competitive barbecue team out of Wichita, Kansas, manufacturing the highest quality barbecue rubs on the market today. Looking to increase your competition scores? Looking to get the hearty high fives and hand clasps at the neighborhood barbecues? Look no further than JP Custom Smoke. In the market for a high-quality offset wood-burning barbecue pit, JP Custom Smoke has years of experience building high-quality, fully customizable, and extremely fuel-efficient barbecue pits. Visit jpcustomsmoke.com for more information. This is Rennie Kanoff with ChampionshipBBQ.tv, and you're listening to the Barbecue Central Show. So to get that perfect barbecue, you use wood. Are you sure it's safe? Whatever. We put the lighter fluid on, strike the match, and... Should we call the fire department? That might be a good idea. All right, good evening and welcome to the really big Barbecue Central Show. 
Oh, it's the show that talks about all things important in the world of barbecue and grilling, broadcasting live and direct from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame city of Cleveland, Ohio. Rapidly becoming known as the barbecue capital of the North Coast. I'm your program host, Greg Rampy. Happy to have you aboard here this evening. Two bits of information in case you want to jump in tonight. 877-448-0433. You can also email me at any point, greg at thebbqcentralshow.com. Those are your two bits of information. Everything else you want to find out about the show can be found at the website, thebbqcentralshow.com. And here's what's happening tonight coming up in about 13 minutes from now. You know him. You love him. You hate him. Whatever you do with him, he's meathead. We'll be back in his monthly spot. Uh, then special, breaking outside of the very boundaries of barbecue and getting into one of my favorite things ever, thoroughbred horse racing. He was absent last year. We have found him. Sex, yes. Sex is my favorite. Uh, next to that thoroughbred horse race, Harry the Horse makes his reemergence on the show. Looking forward to talking with Harry, getting a little derby recap and... For the Centralites that like to get down on the ponies, we'll be giving you his educated advice on who to bet your sawbucks on. And that'll wrap up the first hour. Then we'll move into the second hour. A big friend of the show. Love to have him on. He's got his own internet-based show. He's multiple-time author, multiple-time award-winning, Emmy Award-winning cook and TV show guy, Sam Zion. Sam the Cooking Guy joins us. 1014. Plus, we have a host of giveaways as well, which we'll get into here in just a moment. So uh, that's what's happening here tonight. 877-448-0433. Greg at the BBQ Central Show dot com. Your two bits of contact information. Hey, you're listening to the show right now on the Internet, on TuneIn Radio, on your smartphone apps, however you're getting the show. Get out there. Make a post on Facebook. Blast off a blanket email. Make sure you blind carbon copy everybody in the email. Otherwise, people will think you're a dick for sending it and then including everybody on the chain. Plus, everybody gets replied back to. Never hit reply all. Worst thing ever to do. Also, Facebook it, tweet it, say, hey, we're watching the show right now. We're listening to the show right now, and we want you to be a part of it. And uh, you send them to two links, thebbqcentralshow.com for the audio. If you want to watch the video of the show as well as it's happening, outdoorcookingchannel.com. Do it right now. Help a brother out. Also, don't forget you can watch the show live right now. If you have Roku and is becoming more and more popular as each day passes, look for the Outdoor Cooking Channel app on Roku in the Roku store and then download it. Once you're downloaded, you'll be just like 60,000-plus subscribers of the Outdoor Cooking Channel. And pick What's streaming live now? You can watch this show instead of on the Outdoor Cooking Channel. You can watch it on the Roku. There's there's no paper in here in case somebody's trying to print. All right, never mind. Uh, you can watch this show right live on Roku in glorious whatever high definition on your flat panel television or your old school box set. Who knows what you got? But you can do it there on Roku as well. Great way, fun way to consume the show. Go to Target. Go to... Walmart, go to Micro Center, say, hey, do you carry Roku? I'm sure they do. If not, go to Roku.com and get yourself a Roku player. Again, very fun way to consume the show. Here's a point, and I saw this a little bit last week, and I just want to make sure that we're all on the same page here. Uh, Kevin Bevington, creator of Outdoor Cooking Channel, has made significant upgrades on the back end that you really don't see. One of those upgrades was how he is uh, forcing out the show. 
uh, basically what has happened is he has created now the ability to not only stream to the internet, not only to Roku, but if he wanted to be picked up by Channel 14 and then Timbuktu, he can do that. If he wants to get out on DirecTV, he's able to push it out that way. You need to make sure that you have the latest version of a Flash player, and there have been upgrades that you don't see or that you aren't being alerted to that you need to do. So um, Kevin has actually set up a link on the Outdoor Cooking channel in the navigation bar. should say something like uh, upgrade your Flash player or something like that. Use it. If you can hear the show but you can't see it or you're on Outdoor Cooking channel right now and you can't see the show, it's a Flash player issue. You need to upgrade to the latest Flash player in order to see the show. I'm sure Kevin will be jumping in with the link here. Or somebody might be uh, jumping in with a link here as well. So uh, always stay tuned and make sure that you have your latest Flash Player upgrade in order to see this show. Special thanks to ESPN Cleveland 850 WKNR's Will Burge and Emmett Golden, hosts of 3D, for having me on the show about 20 minutes ago. I literally got done with that interview, and we went right on air. We talked some basic grilling tips. I broke down the difference between barbecue and grilling, much to our next guest's dismay meathead goldwin uh, we also talked about a few other items as well it was a lot of fun i appreciate the opportunity being on the air with them i will link up the replay when it's available uh through the podcast center but you know for a guy like me who just lives here on the internet with associated porno liquor and drugs honor honor to uh, be included on the espn affiliate here in cleveland big listenership especially to that show so i uh, was very happy and very honored to be a part of that show a little bit earlier this evening quick hit here before we move on with the show and get on with meathead you ever heard of denny mikes denny mikes approached me on linkedin said hey i want to send you some sauce i want to send you some rub you know you don't have to do anything other than just try it and kind of let me know what your feedback was of it and this thing showed up in some of the finest shipping garb i have ever seen in my life and i took some pictures of it i was so impressed with so let me get there here's a picture number one so it shows up in this great cardboard box you see at the top, there uh, on the top left, there's that white card. That was a handwritten note from Denny Mike himself. Then you have some uh, recipes. You have some info and background on the company. There's a Bloody Mary cocktail that sounds absolutely spectacular they're going to be trying this weekend. And then you had on the left and on the right-hand side, on the far left, far right-hand side, you have uh, the sauce that he sent me. And then right there down the middle, you have uh, five different kinds of rub. So it was well-packaged. Here's a shot of the sauce here. You got the uh, sweet and spicy. You got the mesquite o madness. You have the Carolina sauce and the hot, hot and nasty. Almost said hot, tasty, hot and nasty. Miss Janet, uh, Miss Jackson, if you're nasty. I believe that's what Janet said when she. Yeah, never mind. So uh, big thanks to Denny Mike for sending me the product. It will be in the taste kitchen soon. I can guarantee you that. And I was really impressed with like how well it was packaged. You know, a lot of the stuff that I get here on the show, people say, hey, would you try my sauce? Would you try my rub? Hey, you know me. Free, if it's free, it's me. No doubt about it. So I always like to, but I always tell everybody, right? You know, make sure that if you're sending me something and you want me to review it on air, this is where my wheelhouse is palette-wise. And if you don't think that your sauce is going to jive with my palate, and is with every fiber of my being, I try to be as honest and fair as possible. But we're all humans, and we all have taste preferences. Mine happens to be a little bit more tangy, a little bit more vinegary, a little more heat on the palate than most probably, because that's why a lot of people make sauce with that stupid 
liquid smoke and they make it overly sweet. Nevertheless, I said, hey, if you're down with that, you still want me to try it. I will try and give you the most honest review possible. And some people politely decline at that point. But the majority of people still send me stuff and I review it on the show. And seven times out of ten, it's some of the worst stuff I've ever tasted. To me. It's some of the worst stuff I've ever tasted to me. What's the one thing that I tell you about this show? Just because I like it or don't like it doesn't mean that you're going to like it or not like it. You have your own palate. See this? Ah, that's my palate. You know what I do? I trust my pal. I trust my palate. If it tastes right to me, it's good. If it tastes good to you, it's good. Don't let me tell you what's good or what's not. That's not how this shit. It's just like with wine or Pepsi Cola or chocolate chips. If it tastes good to you, man, that's good. That's all that counts. And if you're the only one buying it, you're the only one buying it. Who cares? For crying out loud. By the way, uh, drink of choice tonight in the King of Grills is Blanton Single Barrel Bourbon. Thank you very much. Mm. It is a succulent, smooth bourbon, which in most places, like restaurants here, at least in Cleveland, the only place I know where I can get it dead bang is the B spot which happens to be Michael Simon's burger joints that are scattered around here in the greater Cleveland area. So if you're there, great burgers. Great burgers. But a wide selection of bourbon as well, which, being a bourbon guy, I appreciate and adore. Uh, more than most, I guess I would say. So there you go. 877-448-0433. Greg at com. Two ways to get in touch with me. Should you so decide to, more than happy to have you. Meathead coming up. Harry to horse after that. Let me talk to you quickly about Tasty Licks Barbecue Supply. Trusted online retailer and longtime supporter of this show. Just spoke with Fred a few days ago, and he wanted me to make sure I get this out to all of you. Tasty Licks now carrying Kamado Joe cookers, Meadow Creek cookers, spices, sauces, accessories. Much of these items are in stock and ready to ship to you directly. Have you been looking for Oak Ridge Brines and Rubs? Have you been looking for the complete line of Plowboys rubs and sauces? How about the Smoke on Wheels products? Tasty Licks Barbecue has them all. Of course, you know by now the Tasty Licks Barbecue is your big green egg headquarters, including many items that the, for the egg that you can't get anywhere else other than Tasty Licks Barbecue Supply. And the big green egg parts are in stock. Not back ordered. Not we'll have them in a week. They're in there at TastyLicksBBQ.com. Also, Tasty Licks Barbecue Supply now carrying Harry Sue's new chicken rub. This particular rub is the same one that helped Harry win eight grand championships last year as well as being the KCBS Team of the Year in the chicken category. Little uh, little chutzpah behind that if you ask me. Looking for injections? Tasty Licks Barbecue carries all the heavy hitters here as well. Butcher's Barbecue, sponsor of this show. Cosmos Q was a sponsor of this show. Every type of barbecue guru and their associated accessories. Tasty Lick is a Green Mountain Grill pellet dealer. And as Fred says... Right here on this show, they provide classes to the public as well, most of them for free. Fred teaches some, but he also brings in some of the top pit masters on the circuit as well. Attention teams. Is this thing on? Tasty Licks Barbecue Supply is your competition headquarters as well. All supplies for competition teams. Pans in different sizes. Aluminum trays. Gloves. Thermometers. Turn-in boxes for practice. Make this your one-stop shop for all your competition needs. Tasty Licks 
BBQ.com is the place to go. So head on over, enjoy the videos that Fred puts up there as well. He's got like 758,000 of videos on varying different topics. Plus, he's quite a character, if you didn't know from listening to him uh, here on this show. Hey, don't forget, Tasty Licks manufactures their own line of barbecue rubs and sauces as well. You have to try those. When you order, drop Fred a line that you heard about him here on this show. Let him know his support of this show is appreciated, does not go unnoticed. Best way to support the show, support the sponsors. TastyLicksBBQ.com. That's TastyLicksBBQ.com. All right, we'll step away briefly. We'll load Meathead in, talking about a couple different projects here. And uh, we got some giveaways as well tonight. Jam-packed show. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Show right here on the Barbecue Central Radio Networks. Broadcasting live from the Barbecue Central Radio Network studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Radio Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rampey. Seven seven four four eight zero four three three. Greg at the BBQ Central Show is the two bits of information if you want to get in touch with the show. Uh, coming up in about 20 minutes from now, Harry to Horse. You love Kentucky Derby like I do? Yeah, of course you do. He will be on. He will be giving you his picks. But this music, and only this music, can mean one thing. My first guest tonight, a fan favorite, the creator of the most popular barbecue website on the internet and makes monthly appearances here on this show. You know him. You love him. He is uh, Meathead Goldwyn joining us here on the show. Meathead, what's with the daisies? Has spring sprung? Is that what I'm supposed to be getting God, from you don't know what paper whites and daffodils look like? I don't know what Tinker likes and daffodils look like. (laughs) Does this mean spring is finally here? Oh, in Chicago it is, man. How's things in Cleveland? It is uh, a sunny 75 degrees in Cleveland. It is great. Yeah, yeah. No, these are paper whites from our garden, and uh, they're like daffodils. They smell so good. I wish I could share them. They're for you, Greg. A bouquet for you. Well, I will take them with utter authority and appreciation of all, as always. And uh, we're talking with Meathead Goldwyn. You know him as the creator, founder, owner, and overall runner of AmazingRibs.com, which happens to be the most heavily trafficked barbecue and grilling website on the face of the earth. Is it the universe now, or is it the face of the earth? I think so. And, and, and we have this amazing new columnist, uh, some clown named Rampy, who's writing about competition yes. barbecue cooking. That's right. Thank you very much. Yeah, yeah, it's very cool. Uh, his first attempt is uh, 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 a, a, a tome about how competition barbecue cooks try to do chicken. And uh, that is the bane of many competition barbecue cooks. So you know, I get a lot of folks who come to the website who are contemplating getting into competition. So Greg is trying to reach out to them for me, and I'm really glad to have you. You know, uh, first of all, I appreciate you even asking me because, you know, while I sit here and I talk about a lot of stuff, from week to week 
I don't know if I can say the written word is something that I have mastered, although I used to get A's in English all the way through high school. So, you know, dangling participles are of my ilk, if you will. But it was. Uh, yeah, I'd agree. You haven't mastered the written word. Thank you. That's right. <laughs> D- double space after period. I didn't know that that wasn't you know something you were supposed to do after you left high school. But what can uh, I tell? It's just the typing. I hold on to high school like no- nobody else. Uh, but here's the thing that I found is you know we were trying to develop a way or a-, a thought process behind the first effort, which was this competition chicken thing. And what does it always boil back to with anything else? How do I do it? You know, I wrote this article with painstaking process and reaching out to sources and asking them confidentially some certain things that, you know, what can I use? What can I use? What's trending? What isn't? And it comes back to what rub do I use? How hot does the cooker need to be? How long do I need to cook? It's crazy how it always was. The first questions that came in were just like nuts and bolts. You're teaching concepts, and that's what I try to do. And the first guy came in and says, what temperature do I cook at? What rub do I use? Right. Well, I mean, I, I, it's, they're reasonable questions. People want to know when they're going to compete. I mean, there's a lot of them. Um, our friend Sterling Ball over at Big Papa Smokers yep. once said, hey, competition barbecue is becoming a rich man's sport, you know? Well, there's no doubt about it. I mean, you're looking at what's uh, it's safe to say at least six or $700 on the minimum investment for a weekend of competition barbecue, I think. Yeah. Plus the driving cross country and the meats and everything. I just got an email last week from a guy in Texas who cooks on Weber kettles with the Smokinator, and he just came in fourth at an IACP event. Wow. Uh, the Smokinator is just a piece of bent metal that holds the charcoal off to the side. I think that's cool. I love Harry Sue who cooks on a Weber Smoky Mountain. I love these minimalists. Uh, you know. Um, these guys who pull up in their Winnebago's towing a uh, uh, jambo the size of a sofa, um, and then they, then they say, "I'm a traditionalist. I'm upholding the tradition of barbecue." Right. Uh, <laughs> because they're yeah. cooking with wood, Craig. Right, 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 right. Well, you know, we've uh, we've had that discussion many times. All right, so a uh, number of things to talk about tonight. We only have you for one segment because you're pressed for time getting this book out, and I appreciate oh, deadlines it's, like it's, nobody else. Uh, so let's, if we could, quickly recap the new beef and pork labeling that is being pushed out. I know we did kind of like this uh, uh, impromptu breaking news thing a couple weeks back when yeah, it was actually yeah, pushed yeah. out, but for the folks that didn't really hear about it, if you could just give us mm. a, a quick background about what the idea is and what they're looking to accomplish by putting these new labels out. Okay. um, The beef people, the pork people, and the USDA collaborated in an attempt to make um, meat labeling easier and simpler. And some of the standardized meat labels do sound a lot like military product labels, and they were hard to understand. So they decided they'd try to simplify them. So they went from confusing to ridiculous. Um, They have decided that calling Boston butt or pork butt by the new name Boston roast Roast. is simplified and simpler. I mean, okay, 90% of the people you stop in the grocery store and you show them a pig and you ask them where does the butt come from, they're going to point at the hind end. And we know that's wrong. The butt's the shoulder. So calling it something else. I don't know why they just couldn't call it pork shoulder, but they're trying to romance the stone here. And they call it Boston roast. There's Denver roast. The the best thing I think they did 
And I, this is just a classic case, I think, of how the pork people are so much smarter than the beef people. Um, pork now is going to start calling their cuts by the same classic names as beef cuts. So there's going to be pork ribeye, which is otherwise known as bone-in um, loin chop, but it's now pork ribeye. It's the same cut. It's from the uh, longissimus dorsi, the muscle along the back, the pork loin. Um, and then further down, they got the pork T-bone and the pork porterhouse. So uh, that I like, that they're coordinating their naming. The lamb people are not signed on yet, but I'm sure they'll come along. All this is voluntary. Not every grocery and butcher is going to do it, but it is a sort of standards organization. So I suspect that they'll all be signing on. And uh, they've, they've, they, they've come up with some really ridiculous names like um, – Flap meat on, on beef, flap meat, which is, you know, from down along the belly area. Um, it's a nice cut of meat. A lot of people don't know about it. Um, uh, is now called Bavette. Bavette? Bavette. All right. Like B-A-V-E-T. I mean, I think that's what they call it in France. Oh, boy. Now, yeah. Um, I, I have no idea where they're coming from on stuff like that. The other thing was is that um, several names have disappeared. I have a, a, a lengthy article on the subject. If you go to my homepage, there's a link to it detailing all the name changes. And I have a spread. I have two spreadsheets: one for pork, one for beef, direct from the mouth. They said they made 350 changes. Actually, it's only 318. I counted, and um, uh, most of them are just rearranging the words so they read a little easier, but some of them are significant. Um, uh, the words pot roast have disappeared altogether from the English language. Um, uh, I guess that's too plebeian for them. I guess. But in any case, uh, you can see it all on my website. I think I've got most of that stuff exclusive. And um, I guess pork butt is going to – the one thing that's going to happen from this is that all your cookbooks are out of date. Right. Um, yeah, all your cookbooks are out of date. You might as well use them for kindling on your next cookout because all the, I mean, any cookbook that says pork butt, eh, probably within a year, there's not going to be anything on the shelves named pork butt anymore. Right. Well, um, I, you know, in some ways, I think it's an improvement, but in many ways, it's crazy and it's more confusing. I mean, they've given these romantic, like a Merlot steak. Mm. F is a Merlot steak. You know, one of you the know, things I mean, that... Yeah, i tell you what it is. It's 50 cents a pound more. Oh, see, that's what I was just going to say. There's people in the chat room right now saying, well, how much more is a, a, a pork yeah, tenderloin exactly. or a pork T-bone going to be calling me? Yeah, some, somebody's asking, please, please. Patrick Paquette's asking, tell me London broil is gone. Nobody knows what a London broil is. Yeah, it's called I mean, the top it, round. Everybody has a different name for London. And, you know, they, uh, no, it's actually never been an official name. And it's not on the new list. It's not official. But people will still say, I'd like a London broil. I think most people, the most common definition of London broil is a flank steak, but it really is kind of a preparation. Nobody knows what the hell a London broil is. Who knows? Uh, uh, what we yeah, know is yeah. this, is that you can go to AmazingRibs.com and you can learn all about these label changes. But I figured uh, for the people that didn't, might not have heard about it, we'd just refresh here just for a second. Uh, but we'll move on here. We're talking with Meathead Goldwyn, AmazingRibs.com. I happen to have a link to that on my homepage in the right side of the homepage. But people need, if they come to my website, 
the best place to start is not the homepage, but the table of contents. There's a list of everything, and it's reasonably well organized. So if you're looking for this, you'll find it in the table of contents, if not on the homepage. All right. So yeah, we were going to talk today about buying grill. It's spring. Yes. It's it spring. That means I mean, it, it must be. Hold on. It must be grilling season. What the hell is that mean? Yeah. What yeah. is grilling, grilling season? Well, what it means is, is if you go to Home Depot um, and Lowe's and stuff, they got all the grills piled up out front, ready to go. And well, they're yeah, ready. It does get my juices flowing, you know. I mean, I'm ready, ready to rock. All right, so you've instituted on this amazingribs.com a database of barbecues and grills. So, A, let's talk about that. What is that about? And then we'll talk about how somebody can actually go there and use it. Yeah, um, it took us a year. I hired a man full-time. Max Good is his name. And I hired him full-time about this time last year, a little, uh, little more than a year ago. And I hired a couple of programmers to build a, a, a database and a program called Drupal. But it's, it, it cost me well over $50,000 uh, to get the damn thing done. Are you $50,000? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Meathead, you should be hiring it, me. I'd only charge you $25,000. I'd give you more information. You've got to be. All right, go ahead. But it is really cool, and it's pulling people in like crazy. So for business, it's really good. It's a database. I mean, you can go there. And you can pull up a list of every grill manufacturer that we can locate. Now, we're probably missing a couple. And if you know of one, tell us about them. Um, But we have attempted to list almost all their products. And those which we've cooked on, we've written personal, firsthand, detailed. And there's probably 100 that we've cooked on between the two of us. And then uh, there's another two or 300 that we haven't cooked on that we've relied on you guys, folks, that a lot of you are my sources, my friends, my information, you guys' feedback. So we, we have reviews and ratings and awards for what we think are the best buys. And uh, so, I mean, you know, you can, you, you can go down to Home Depot, but they only carry two or three brands. Yep. You go to Lowe's, they carry two or three brands. You go to your neighborhood barbecue store, which we all should be supporting um, if you are lucky enough to have one. And they may have five or six brands, but we've got 300 manufacturers, no, more than 100 manufacturers, 300 products, and they're easy to search. There's little check boxes. You can search on grills. You can search on pellets. And it's really cool. And if you're starting to shop for a grill or a smoker, um, and we're about to add um, pizza ovens, outdoor pizza ovens. I've got a woman in California who really knows that. She's going to do that for me. Um, and um, it's just a good start for your shopping. It's a good place to kick the tires. Just go to our site and click on the tab that says Equipment Reviews. It's pretty cool stuff. Is it pretty much the same for grills and smokers, or is it more geared towards grills versus smokers? Both. I mean, we've tried to get everything, and we've got small portable uh, beach tailgate-type cookers in there. Uh, Just about everything except we don't have George Foreman yet. We we've kind of pushed all the electrics to the back of <laughs> the line. On. Yeah, it's not I'm even sorry. a grill. Give me a break. George is going to punch me out, man. But I mean, um, I mean, a grill isn't something that you can use in your house. So you called the George Foreman grill, but I mean, give me a break. I think you've got it. I think you've set the criteria there. Yeah, I mean, if you can use it indoors, it's not a grill. If you you can use in. In dire situations, you can use the George Foreman grill to produce heat safely. You can't bring a charcoal or a gas grill inside the house and produce heat safely. But 
You could bring a George Foreman outdoors. Yeah, but you're plugging it in. <laughs> so you're plugging in a, a Fast Eddie 1000. Yes, but it's, oh, here we go. Now we're in the semantics of snobbery. Never mind. All right, so look, um, there's this database which you can find at AmazingRibs.com, so take full advantage of that, especially if you're looking for a new add to the smoking and, and grilling arsenal. How about this question? Because we're hitting spring, because Memorial Day signifies the grilling season, what are your biggest, because you're you know running this huge website, you're getting questions all the time. What are your tips on people shopping for a grill or for a smoker? What's the best way to go about that? Yeah, all right. There's, there's some basic things to be on the lookout for regardless of what you're shopping for. I mean, so much of effective outdoor cooking, whether it's a grill, a smoker, whether it's gas or charcoal, is you want thick, heavy material that will hold heat. Um, I don't know about you guys, but I cook all year round. Yeah. Um, I mean, some of you put the big grill away in November. That's okay. You still, it's cold in November. You want to hold heat. You want to retain heat. And the idea of heat retention is that it evens out the um, ups and downs, the bouncing of the temperatures. So you want to look for thick, heavy materials. Look for quality of construction. Um Powder coating is a really good way to protect your grill. I am not a huge fan of stainless. Most no. of the stainless out there is really thin, really yep. cheap, and you end up obsessing about polishing it and keeping it pristine, and then it pits and it rots. Some of them use 304 stainless, which is the really good stainless, and that will not self-destruct. But a lot of the cheap stainless just looks like shit after a year. Um, I'm not a huge. I, I want thicker. He- yeah, I'm sorry. I don't normally curse. On I don't show. care. Um, yeah, I know. I know this is not over the air, but I, I try to be a gentleman. Um, look for headspace. Um, you want to be able to put a big turkey in there. You want to put big cuts of meat in there. Um, uh, you want something big enough so that if you're grilling, you can cook with two zones. I'm a huge advocate. Anybody's been to the site knows. Yeah. Yeah. I want a hot side and I want a not-so-hot side. I want to warm things over here. I want to sear things over here. When I'm done, I want to move them back over here. Um, this is not like indoors where you can turn a dial and up and down the temps go. So you've got to set up your temp control with two zones. So if you're buying a gas grill, try to get at least three burners. Two will do in a pinch. But try to get at least three, and the best configuration is if the burners line up marching from left to right or side to side. If they march from front to back, it's a little harder to arrange things, although front to back is good if you like rotisserie. That's an option you want to look for. A lot of them have rotisserie setups. It's an extra option. Um, I am not a fan of built-in grills and smokers. A lot of people are building these outdoor kitchens. Yeah. Um, and, and they're wonderful. I've seen a few of them. They're spectacular. Oh. But you build in this beautiful grill, and then a few years later, you decide you want to upgrade something bigger, or you fancier. Move. And now you're stuck with this hole that you cut in yeah. this kitchen. And the new grill you want is an inch too large or an inch too small. And That's what she um, said. Or... or or, or, or the old one dies, or you move and you can't take the grill you love with you. I Just buy a cart-mounted grill, and uh, it, it doesn't look as cool, but it'll serve you better, I think. Um, um, just ignore any thermometer on any grill that you see. It's the, <laughs> I see you smiling. It's the last thing that they – and they go out for the cheapest uh, model they can buy. And these dial thermometers yeah. were invented in the 1800s. Um, it, they're out of date. They're ir- uh, the, 
There are a couple. Teltrue has some nice um, uh, dial thermometers that work pretty well. But 99% of them are worthless. Just paint them over, duct tape them over, and get yourself a good digital. And we do have a buyer's guide to digital thermometers on yep. my website that will teach you the difference between thermocouples and thermistors and recommend a few that we like because I test them. Um, watch for grease collection. Um, some of them have the grease collection on the outside, which isn't bad unless you've got a dog yep. uh, <laughs> and they get into the grease. Um, and, and here's a good thing, to, a good rule of thumb. A four-inch burger with a half-inch space all around occupies 20 square inches of space. So when they tell you it's 144 square inches divided by 20, and that'll tell you you can get about seven burgers on there. Yep. And if you're doing the 4th of July party at, every, at your house every year, will that suffice? I recommend you buy 72 square inches per person. That's a lot, but that means you have enough for two zones, a hot zone and a not-so-hot zone. So that's a good thing to look for um, in the size of your grill. And we have this on the website. You can search by size and how many burger capacity it has. Something else to think about. The gas grill manufacturers always tell you the BTUs. Yeah. Um, it's a worthless measurement. Bullshit. It just... Yeah, BTUs are how much gas it uses. It's like miles per gallon. Um, okay, so it uses a lot of gas in a half hour. It doesn't tell you how much heat it's delivering. Right. What's a better measure, and we put this on our site, uh, uh, in our database now, is what's called the heat flux. And the heat flux is BTUs per square inch. In other words, how much um, fuel is being used per square inch. Because you can have 100,000 BTUs, on a 500 square inch grill, and it's not hot enough to warm uh, a Twinkie. Um, but uh, 100,000 BTUs on a 200 square inch is pretty darn hot. So it's how many BTUs per square inch. That's called the heat flux. We calculate that for you on all the gas grills on our database, and that's a pretty cool tool. Um, what else? No. Uh, if you're uh, in, uh, yeah, that's it. You're out of time. I'm out of time. You only wanted oh. one segment. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm pressing hard. All right, well, I, I, whatever. Um, it's a good, it's a good um, uh, research tool, and uh, have fun checking it out, and uh, let me know if there's something we've left out. When do we get regular Meathead back again? Oh, you mean the full hour? Yes. I'll find time for you, Greg. All right. Um, I'll, I'll make time for you. Yeah. I would, when I asked for half hour, I was just I, – I thought I had an April 15 deadline on the book, and they gave me till November. Of course, that means Ooh. the book's going to be another year later. Holy uh, Lord! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I, I'm, 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 I'm meticulous. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a lo- I write fast, but I just fact checking and all that shit. Takes there you up. go. All right. Well, uh, this is your one segment. I'm sorry, I'm cutting you short here, Meathead. But this is the way it goes. Uh, we will look for you again next uh, next month. Uh, you bet. Anytime right. you want me, I'm here. Thanks very much, buddy. You got it. There he is, Meathead Goldwyn. AmazingRibs.com. It's uh, kind of odd to have Meathead only on for one segment. I'm not going to lie. That's kind of weird. All right. uh, Harry the Horse coming up next. We're going to change it up, talk a little uh, Kentucky Derby coming up this Saturday. I want to take this time to uh, re-welcome the newest partner of the show, JP Custom Smoke. That's right. Uh, JPCustomSmoke.com is the website if you want to go check that out here while I am reading to you. Look, uh, I'm happy to have John in the fold. 
as the partnership stable, the newest uh, partner in the stable. Centralites, uh, you're the ones who are going to benefit from this the most. John has some of the most sought-after rubs on the market today. Really, when you think about it, Barbecue Central has become one of the biggest hitters in the rub market all right here. It's a one-stop shop, so to speak. And here's what you have to choose from when you head on over to jpcustomsmoke.com. JP's Sweet Heat Chicken Rub, JP's Custom Blend for Pork, and brand new to the market, JP Custom Smokes Beef Rud, all, all, Rud? Rub, already helping teams win in the beef category. We're going to get to here, uh, get to that here in just a second. Can't wait to get your hands on some, I understand. JPCustomSmoke.com, get yourself some. Now, how about some results from this past weekend? Six teams using JP Custom Smoke product finished in the top ten overall. Here we go. Chicken category, all using JP's Sweet Heat. Steve Carmichael, friend of the show. Great Plains Barbecue scoring a perfect 180 in chicken using JP's Sweet Heat. Yeah, congratulations to Steve on that. Rubbin' Butts, a second place in chicken using JP's Sweet Heat. The American Dream Barbecue Team, David Qualls. First from David Qualls. JP's Sweet Heat, a 10th overall. Ribs category. The JP Custom Blend, JP Custom Smoke got 6th place overall. Wichita's Swineman, ninth place overall in ribs. How about the pork category? JP Custom Smoke Blend there as well. Whiskey Pit Barbecue first in pork. Wichita Swineman, second in pork. Yeah. Steve Carmichael showing up again. Great Plains Barbecue, fourth in pork. What? How about the Great American Dream Barbecue Team, eighth place pork using JP Custom Blend? That's right. And uh, rounding out, so one, two, three, four, five of the top ten places, Pork Rubbin Butts, ninth place. Wow, you got to be kidding me. John Patty is blowing up the proverbial market. And then we'll round it out. Brisket, JP's Beef Rub, American Dream Barbecue Team, first place brisket. David Qualls bringing it. The JP Custom Smoke using his own rub, the JP's Beef Rub, fifth place brisket. Rubbin Butts Barbecue, 10th place brisket. Look, jpcustomsmoke.com. You got to go there right now, buy all the rubs. You're going to be winning on the competition trail or in the backyard. Don't fool yourself. We'll be right back with Harry to Horse. Stick around, be right back. show where we give stuff away yeah it's free and you don't have to pay a thing that's why it's free yeah all right your chance to win the first prize of the evening before we get to harry to horse a ten dollar gift certificate to the barbecue superstore the bbq superstore.com thanks to richard parker and the gang over there at the barbecue superstore all you have to do is send me an email in the subject line 850 WKNR ESPN Cleveland. Simple enough for your chance to win a $10 gift certificate from the Barbecue Superstore. Good luck. Get in the smoke. Call 877-448-0433 to get on the air. Now, here's your host, Greg Rampey. Big B, new sound band, suburban Let's go! 877-448-0433. Greg at the BBQ Central Show.com is the uh, two ways to get in touch with me. 
Should you find it fit? All right, gang, look. I'm a get-down guy when it comes to horse racing. I was born and bred in the mean streets of Saratoga Springs, New York. That's right. So you know I'm going to be talking about the Run for the Roses, ladies and gentlemen. That's coming up on Saturday. Kentucky, uh, the, uh, the Kentucky Oaks is coming up on Friday, believe it or not. So stay tuned for that. We race over to the hotline where we find a friend of the show who we haven't had in any number of years, Harry DeHorse, coming up. Actually, I think we only missed him last year. Uh, Harry, how are yeah, you, buddy? Uh, please, if you, if you agreed with me, then we'd both be wrong. Oh, no, Greg. Oh, yeah. Harry, how are you, buddy? Hey, Greg, I'm doing great. How you doing? I'm Long do- time no talk. I know. Absolutely fantastic, Harry, and I apologize that we didn't run you down last year, but here's what I'm thinking. It's the run for the roses coming up this weekend, and here's what it is. Uh, spring is coming, or depending on where you're at during the course of the year, uh, spring has already sprung, and to me that signifies, oh, my God, hope springs eternal. This year will finally yield us a triple crown winner. Although we've talked about in the past, pretty hard to do. So let me ask you this question. This year, holding last year, holding the year before it, holding all of these years that we have not seen a Triple Crown winner, do you hold out hope that this is the year where that streak is finally broken and we are able to see a Triple Crown? Well, you know, Greg, uh, we've spoken about this many times in the past. And and, and first of all, I'd like to apologize. I missed last year on the show. uh, uh, Me and the boys, uh, we were required to do a little... uh, I guess how you'd call it the community service, if you get my drift. Oh, wow. <laughs> so, so we were kind of out of the picture. But, uh, yes, of course, every year <clears throat> we we hope that uh, this will be our year. You know, it's been a long, long time. It's been, uh, you know, 35 years yeah. since we've had the trip. And so uh, we think that this crop of three-year-olds this year could be, uh, could be the one. Now, uh, of course, before we get to Saturday, we've got a big race, as you mentioned, on uh, on Friday with the Kentucky Oaks. And uh, for your listeners, I've got some tips that I'll, I'll close out with here before our interview concludes. But uh, I would like everybody to remember that, that at approximately 540 on Friday, they would be treated to a wonderful race of fillies. Uh, and I'm looking at uh, Dreaming of Julia to take uh, to take that race. But uh, yes, of course, we, we, we hope that this will be the year for a Triple Crown winner, yes. Do you think that the fillies or the lady horses get the proper respect? I mean, obviously, the run for the roses is the big ticket on the item, but you know, the Kentucky Oaks is a huge race nonetheless. 139 years in the running. You know, in the last several years, we've been absolutely gifted because we've had, uh, you know, beautiful, beautiful female horses running. We've had Rex to Riches. You know, we've had the wonderful Zenyatta. Uh, yeah. Actually, uh, they're. Before they filled the slots for the Derby on Saturday, they actually thought maybe uh, one or two of the Phillies uh, running in the Oaks might uh, go up and run with the boys. Uh, So, you know, I think they're coming into their own. It's been a long while, but uh, because, uh, you know, the rest of the Phillies are standing on the shoulders of horses like Rags and and Zinyat, I think think we're finally getting there. Do you think, too, because there's some, uh, I guess what you would call high-profile or celebrity owners, like uh, Jim Rome owning, uh, owning a very successful female horse, of course, a uh, Bobby Flay, Iron Chef, a well, well successful uh, restaurateur. 
is a long and well-sustained and openly a guy that buys only female horses. So obviously he's got a a horse that's going to be running Friday as well. Do you think that these kind of people are lending to the popularity of the female horse part of it? Yes, I do. Uh, And I also think that there's a lot of foreign interest. You know, they're looking beyond the, just the racetrack uh, career of these fillies, and they're looking for what would be very, uh, very productive, uh, very high-profile brood mares, and that's that gets into another whole part of the sport of horse thoroughbred horse racing that maybe we could pick up at another time. But no, I think I think that helps. And if you look, you know, there are people like uh, Rick Pitino, for example, while his horse is not a filly. He's kind of uh, the example that anybody can be a horse, a horse owner, and anybody can have a champion right now. Absolutely, we're talking with Harry the Horse, thoroughbred racing expert, somebody that I kind of grew up around as I was coming up in the mean streets of Saratoga Springs. All right, so Harry, let's go ahead and look forward to Saturday. Obviously, we have the running of the Kentucky Derby, which is the first leg of the Triple Crown. Preakness follows, and then uh, hopefully we have a two for two winner going into the Belmont to complete that Triple Crown. As you peruse the field, it's going to be setting up. Who do you like? Who do you see as a potential outsider or a dark horse, if you will, uh, coming in? How does this race set up for somebody as an expert like yourself? You know, we, we took a we took a, a little bit of extra time this year because this is such a strong field, Greg. Uh, we uh, we really narrowed it down to about five or six uh, potential all stars that they're you know probably going to be in the in, in in not only in the in the pack they're going to be in the front. Uh, our favorite, of course, is Verzano. Uh, we we're like we like Orb quite a good little bit. Uh, there's a there's a young man named Chad Brown who's cha- who's training up uh, Norm of the Invasion. We like Chad because he's a Saratoga boy. Uh, <clears throat> he had a good year last year up at the Spa. We like the Vijack quite a bit, but you know for for your outside pick, well let me tell you, we're we're picking Verrazano to win it all, and win it all I mean to go all the way. This is a strong horse. You got the you know you've got Johnny, and you've got the you know Pletcher. Uh, as a team here, unbeatable. But we're asking uh, your fans, and we're keeping an eye on overanalyze as well. As far as the derby is concerned, uh, you know, we're a little concerned about the weather. Uh, weather on Friday is supposed to be, uh, for the Oaks, is supposed to be 75, but they're predicting thunder showers. Uh, for Saturday, is a 40% chance of rain, which, you know, for you folks that live up that way, Kentucky's not that much different than Ohio. 40% means it's going to rain. Right. So, so I, I would I would caution your listeners to and your viewers to uh, you know maybe look at the look at the daily racing form that day. There could be some past performances in there that could yield some good uh, good return. Uh, but as far as the day of uh, events are concerned for the Oaks, I've got some picks for you if you have time. Yeah, please. Okay, for the Oaks, uh, <clears throat> I got. Wait a minute. Excuse me for a second. Just a second. Harry always busy. Look at this guy. Richie, it's bad luck to be superstitious, please. <laughs> okay, uh, for the, for the uh, Oaks, uh, Greg, uh, we're looking at, uh, uh, as we said, Dreaming of Julia to win. We're going to put 20 on that one. We got an exacta box of Dreaming of Julia uh, with, a, with a nice uh, Pletcher horse beholder. Uh, we're putting that in a box for $10. That's another $20 bet. And then we got a, a sentimental favorite in here, uh, Gary Stevens. Is uh, as you know, has on the comeback trail. He's come yeah. out of retirement at the at the very young age of fifty. <laughs> he's going to be on a he's going to be on a horse called uh, Sosita, 
and uh, we're going to throw 10 on Silsita going out probably close to 20 to 1 that day. Oh, and it'll be a $50 bet for your Oaks. Now, on Derby Day, uh, Verrazano to win. No question, we're putting 20 on Verrazano to win. Uh, and then we have an exacta box uh, for uh, five bucks. This is going to be a three horse box. It's going to cost $30. And we got Verrazano in the box with Normandy Invasion and Orb. Uh, for 30 and that's another 50 that's a hundred dollars to lay out we figured we'd be able to get that return this bet is not going to return a telephone number but i think you'll come out with more than car fare is the uh, patina horse not uh, that was or i guess originally projected to be one of the favorites is he downgraded since he ran in the uh, santa anita well, you know, Golden Sense is a great horse, and uh, I think that uh, you know his his performance could be uh, you know he he could be an upsetter. There's no question about it. Uh, he, he did he did win in his last race. Um, you know, Patina's got he's got the magic right now. I mean, everything he touches turns to, if you'll pardon the expression, gold. So uh, you know, if you have a couple of extra dollars, wouldn't be a bad idea to throw them in there with maybe some of your exotics. I might even throw ten dollars on him to win. All right, so uh, we're looking at a Verrazano win, and then, uh, of course, you spelled out a number of uh, different exactas, and uh, if, if you're an exotic type better, I mean, that's your... Look, uh, the Central Lights are very non-savvy when it comes to horse racing, by and large, although Don G over in New York uh, did say that, uh, before you mentioned it, that Verrazano was his choice to win, so obviously that's the popular pick out there. Uh, do you see that Verrazano is by far the clear-cut winner here, and this would be safe money to put $20 down on? Oh, absolutely, yeah. But don't forget, the Verrazano is going to go out at very short odds. I mean, that's, that's obviously the prohibitive favorite. And, uh, you know, you're, <laughs> I, I got a kick out of that. You, your listener from New York, uh, probably a neighbor of mine, I don't know. He, he's very perceptive. You're not going to get a big return on that bet. So the best you can do is maybe take Verrazano to win. So you have a betting interest. He wins, you win. But uh, Verrazano with some of the other, you know, uh, longer odds could be a better value for an exact bet, uh, may, maybe even a trifecta. But it's such a reach. You got a twenty horse field. It's a cavalry charge. And today, uh, I noticed they filled the last slot with uh, with a, with another horse called Fear the Kitten. And I, uh, I've done all my research today, Greg. I couldn't find that damn thing on about that about that horse. So, who knows? All right. So uh, Verrazano to win is going to be your safe bet for the day. So let me ask you this, Harry. In closing, we got a couple minutes left. You know, there were, I forget how many years ago it was, the Triple Crown was not run like it is present day, where you have, is it six weeks or or four weeks in between races? You know, the recovery time for these horses isn't what it used to be. Hence, the argument is always made that we will never, ever see another Triple Crown winner. You're somebody who's been around the game a long time. You've won a lot of money. You've lost a lot of money because that's just the way it is. Do you think, given the way that these races set up, all three, one right after another, will ever yield another triple uh, triple crown winner? I get that question. <clears throat> I get that question quite a lot. And, uh, I, I, yes, I do think we will see a triple crown winner. Uh, it could be this year. May not be. May not be till next year or the year after that. It's been 35 years since, uh, since, the, last, since the last winner. Uh, which, as you know, was affirmed. Yes, I, I, I would have to tell you, and, and I and I compliment you on your question, Greg, because it tells me uh, once again you are a student of the game. Thank you. The, what you're referring to is uh, the Triple Crown these days. 
the Kentucky Derby two weeks to the Preakness, three weeks to the Belmont. Uh, that's a very short period of time. The recovery for these animals is, is very limited. In the old days, way back, I'm before, way before, uh, not far back as Gallant Fox, but certainly in the time of, uh, you know, War Admiral and some of the others, uh, you would have to say that these, these horses sometimes would go many, many weeks between these three races. Incidentally, they would even run other races in between that layoff period between oh, wow. the two the three triple crown races so you know the the recovery thing for me has never been such a big deal what worries me most of anything is the steroid problem the drug problem and the fact that they bring these kids up it's two years at two years old and their and their skeletal frames don't don't grow as fast as their muscular uh, conditioning so you know you have you have the kind of things that we see in horse racing with more breakdowns and things like that. That's what concerns me about, you know, a, a horse that might go the camp through the whole Triple Crown campaign and doesn't have the stamina, say, of a of a big brown. But even in that case, you saw what could happen. Absolutely. You know, we're talking with Harry DeHorse, thoroughbred racing expert, helping me break down the upcoming run for the Roses, the Kentucky Derby, which comes off Saturday, and, of course, the Kentucky Oaks, which actually runs on Friday. Uh, Harry, always appreciate the time. Fingers crossed that we get our winner and uh, we will see them at least win the Preakness following that, which, will, of course, we'll have you on to lead up for that. Well, thank you, Greg. And if I could just uh, maybe have a little fun with your audience here, it's always amazing me how many people look forward to the Kentucky Derby and can't name the winner of the last Kentucky Derby. So you might <laughs> want to have one of those uh, for your little contests there <laughs> and give away some of that stuff you guys uh, give away all the time. And please... Greg, give my very best to your beautiful family. I sure will. Harry, always appreciate the time. Thanks so much. You bet. There he is, Harry the Horse. Or as uh, John Dawson said, Harry the Corpse, which I don't know if that was appropriate or not, John. Come on now. Get that stuff out of here. Come on now. All right, uh, there he is, Harry to Horse, uh, bringing it strong and uh, really in, in fine fashion, if you will. Um Let's see. Where, where am I at here? All right. Let's get out. We'll do this real quick. Uh, Verrazano, $20 to win per Harry to Horse. And if you're looking to do a box, Verrazano, Normandy, and Orb, that'll be a $50 bet. Beholder for the day before, the Kentucky Oaks. Beholder. You like to get down? I know I do. I know I do. I know I like to get down, ladies and gentlemen. Yes. All right. Aside from horse racing, you know what I love to do? Regardless of the time of year, I love to cook on my grills and smokers. Look, if you have charcoal-fired outdoor cooking appliances, I encourage you to give Kebroke Hardwood Lump Charcoal a tryout for your next cooking session. Quite simply, one of the best-kept secrets around used by award-winning barbecue competition cooks and backyard warriors just like me. That's right. Kebroke Hardwood Charcoal made from the natural hardwood trees without any additives. They only use high-quality wood for their charcoal, not scrap wood or any other wood waste or additives. This is the real charcoal that humans have made for thousands of years since we left the caves, moved to the decks and the patios. And all-natural hardwood charcoal performs significantly better than regular charcoal. It burns longer, hotter, produces lower amounts of ash, but the taste it will impart on your food is second to none. Visit kebroke.com, that's K-E. B-R-O-A-K, Kebroke.com to find out more about this product. They'll ship to all continental U.S. states through Amazon.com. Check this out. Amazon offers free shipping 
on all their bags. But the most attractive option is always that 40-pound bag, which you can get for about a dollar per pound. That's $1 per pound of high-quality hardwood charcoal that you can't find locally. Delivered directly to your door by Amazon.com. No more hassles of dragging bags through the supermarkets and getting your car or cart full of dust. Just have it delivered to you. Why not? I used it just two nights ago when I cooked pork tenderloin, one of my favorite things to cook on the grill. Use it in the Bubba cake. And I snuffed it out, and I have plenty to do for my chicken cook that I have planned for over the weekend. So the other thing I really like about it, look, what's the one bitch you hear about hardwood lump charcoal, aside from all the cracks and the little pieces that you get in the back? It sparks like crazy when you light it up. No real sparking issue when you go to light it up, even with a weed burner, which I have. No, I'm not talking about pot. The weed, the propane torch, the map torch, that's what I get. Not a real problem with the, with the sparking. Uh, head on over to Kebroke.com, a secret of Southern Miami for years, now ready for the world to enjoy. Kebroke Charcoal, get yours now. Kebroke.com. Thanks to uh, Sebastian Busser. We're going to be talking to him next month about the product, actually. Get a little bit more in-depth insight. Uh, we'll come back with another giveaway, and then we'll wrap up this. Actually, we'll wait until uh, the top of the hour. I will wrap up the first hour right after this. You're listening to the show, the Barbecue Central Show, right here on the Barbecue Central Radio Network. Broadcasting live from the Barbecue Central Radio Network studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Radio Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rampey. 877-448-0433. Greg at the BBQ Central Show.com. Two ways to get in touch with me if you want to do it. Thanks to Harry DeHorse for coming on last segment. I wonder if Don G thinks he's going to be winning bags and bags of cash because he said Verrazano before the horse racing expert said Verrazano. Uh, Don, I've been around the horse game a little while. Just because an expert says it's going to happen doesn't guarantee the lock. You ever heard of that uh, horse? Oh, damn it. What was the name of that horse? Broke its damn legs. Crap. Bar- was it Barbaresco? No, that's a that's a why. Damn it. Well, not eight bells. Way different. Girl horse went down. They showed it executed right on the uh, right on live television. Boy, people hated that. What are you gonna do? These horses are raised to run, and when they break, shoot them. That's it. Don's not a horse guy. What are you talking about? You're totally a horse guy. You said Verrazano. You're a horse guy. All right. Uh, we'll wrap up. Well, we'll wrap up. I'm going to refuel. We'll get ready for the second hour. Stick around. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Show right here on the Barbecue Central. Uh, Barbaro. That's what it was. Thank you, Alan. Uh, stick around. We'll be right back. Jennifer Polymus from Shalote, North Carolina, and this is Barbecue Central. From my heart and from my hand, why don't people understand my intention? Happy to have you aboard here for the really big barbecue show. Wait, wait, wait. 
We cook because we have to, and we grill because we want to. Fine, how's it going? <laughs> you have a great show, I'm a big fan. So what 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 seems to be the problem here? This man looks like he's dead and he's in the in the crackle. Charbono! It's all about the Charbono, dude! Succulent fish, what? We ate 54 wieners. Oh, listen, Laverne, you shake face. I'm shaking like a dog shit peach seeds. <laughs> we have top men working on it right now. Ooh, top men. All right, just like that, we are into the second hour. Hello. All right, let's do a giveaway here at the top of the hour. Uh, actually, nobody even uh, bothered doing the first giveaway. Is that right? Can I get Can I get some? Yeah. All right, so uh, we have a $10 gift certificate to thebbqsuperstore.com. Uh, email me quickly, uh, horse. Horse, get a $10 gift certificate. Do that. And then uh, we will also do a prize after that. And that prize will be an ebook from Hot Grill on Grill Action, the book on competition barbecue. So uh, if you email me horse, you win a $10 gift certificate to the BBQ Superstore. There we go. Let's see. Who do we got? First one in, uh, Christopher Sorrell, horse, $10 gift certificate to the BBQ Superstore. Let me write that correctly. Chris, uh, this time you do not need to send me your shipping information. Uh, This will be an online redemption. So I will forward your email address over to Richard Parker, and he will take care of you. Uh, Thanks again to thebbqsuperstore.com. There you go. Just as simple as that. That's how you win. All right. uh, Next prize an ebook from Hot Grill on Grill Action, the book on competition barbecue. Free tonight to a lucky winner. Thanks to Logan Hendrickson and the boys over at Hot Grill on Grill Action for this prize. Uh, pick up your own copy by visiting bbqrevolution.com. That's bbqrevolution.com. I believe it's like a $30 prize that you can get for free. And all you have to do is send me an email right now that says Harry Horse. Awesome. Harry Horse Awesome for your chance to win the ebook, Hot Grill and Grill Action, the book on competition barbecue. This is going to be especially good for the folks that have been looking or wanting to make that leap from backyard hack, just like me, to the world of competition barbecue. From the guys that uh, have been on television, Hot Grill and Grill Action, obviously. And it looks like uh, Phil McRain wins that. Phil McRain. Phil McGreen wins a hot grill on grill action. Congratulations to Phil for that. All right. Uh, you will probably also not have to give me any type of shipping information, Phil. I'll just send this on over to Logan and he'll probably take care of you uh, directly. So there you go. Uh, two winners will have one more prize left tonight, which is a one pound bag of JP Custom Smokes Beef Rub. That won David Qualls his uh, first place brisket this past weekend. Doing very well. 
in the competition world right now. 877-448-0433. You can also email me if you want to, greg at the BBQ Central Show.com. Still to come tonight, Sam Zion, a.k.a. Sam the Cooking Guy, in about 11 minutes from now on the show next week. Chris from Code 3 Spices will be joining me. I'm very excited about that. Code 3 Spices is a purveyor of rubs, but they are donating. It's either all or a portion of those proceeds to first responders. You know me, love the first responders, uh, the 9-11, all that stuff. I want to make sure that we're supporting those people that are supporting that. Uh, Barbecue Central's official sauce and rub reviewer shows up next week, Scott Roberts, and also the reprisal of the monthly guest, uh, Connie Rempe for Connie's Recipe Corner. That's my mom. And uh, she'll be in next week for uh, some new recipes that she has been into. So you'll look forward to that next week. Sam's Club Series rolled into Overland Park, Kansas this past weekend and produced another hotly contested event. The Grand Champion finished just two ten thousandths of a point ahead of Reserve Grand Championship. This was a local qualifier that feeds into the Midwest City, Oklahoma Regional, and there are two local qualifiers left before the regional takes place in soon to come October 12. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Well, I'm not kidding about the date. I mean, that's really when the regional is going to happen, October 12th. Uh, the top six teams moving on to the regional final R in this order with a 6.2. Eight, five, six, Dirt Road Barbecue. Congratulations to Dirt Road. Uh, Smokeaholics, Kansas, finished with a 666.2854. Thanks for coming. But congratulations on the reserve, absolutely. Two ten thousandths, wow. Uh, Munch and Hogs, friend of the show, Robert McGee, and uh, current KCBS Team of the... Uh, sorry, uh, former KCBS Team of the Year. I believe that was in 2011. Munch and Hogs at the Hilton, 663-9996. So a couple points back behind first and second place. Sizzlin' Bones Barbecue finishes fourth. KC Can Crew fifth. And rounding out the top six, moving on to that Midwest City, Oklahoma Regional. Three brothers, different mo. That's what it says on the KCBS website. I'm going to go with the three brothers, different mothers. Hey, holla. When you look at first place to sixth place, less than four points. Less than uh, four. Wow, two, eight, five. Just a little more than four points. First place took 6662856 and sixth place was 6622852. So, I'm no mathematician, but you know what can I tell you? Pretty close from top to finish or from uh, first to six and first and two being the closest. So, you know, also I did want to mention this. Um, the Washington State Spring Barbecue Championship this uh, past weekend took place in Monroe, Washington. 37 teams competed. This was a Pacific Northwest Barbecue Association sanctioned event. Uh, the results are in Grand Champion Dances with Smoke. That's Tam, Tom Whalen. Reserve Grand was Wine Country Q. John and Rana McGee. And then of course, we have to give a special mention to dedicated centralite diane me lake house barbecue seventh overall congratulations to you diane respectable respectable finish seventh overall at the washington state barbecue championship gang do you like flying on planes 
I mean, who doesn't? I mean, I have the G5, you know, because I keep the private jet. But when I have to fly commercial, I've never thought, not even one second, for booking a flight on Virgin Airlines. But, folks, time has come. Because guess what? Virgin America lets travelers send drinks to each other using the entertainment. Here's a novel way of being kind of creepy. And by creepy, I mean being a freaking pervert. Right Now, in addition to head-shaped ice cubes, Virgin America is offering a seat-to-seat delivery feature to aid passengers in their efforts to flirt, if not completely freak out, fellow travelers. And by flirt, I mean try and get down. You know what I'm saying? Mile high club. CNN reports that program allows passengers to send drinks, snacks, and meals to other passengers using the in-flight entertainment system. In a strange mirror of the bar scene, amorous passengers simply locate their flirtation target on a digital map of the plane and then select what they want to send them and add a message. Now, unlike being at a bar, if you get a drink from some kook that you think is a stalker, rapist, or murderer, you leave. Unfortunately, when you're on a plane, you have to stay in your seat with your seatbelt buckled. That's kind of weird. Unimpressed parties can't leave, right? Because you're on the plane. Uh, Not available in all flights. The new service gives a whole new meeting to buying someone a drink. And to help to introduce this whole new in-flight flirtation device, Virgin owner and mega-rich person Sir Richard Branson posted an instructional video on YouTube called Sir Richard Branson Guide to Getting Lucky in the video. Branson explains how the new system works, and it's a convenient and cost-effective way for passengers to get some while flying. I'm not a betting man, Branson says, but I'm, I bet your chances of deplaning with a plus one are at least 50%. Yes, deplaning plus one with either the person that bought your drink or deplaning plus one with a security guard because you're a kook. Get that big stuff out of here. Um, maybe it's just me. I don't buy drinks. Drinks get bought for this guy. That's right. So if you fly Virgin and you see someone who you are devastatingly attracted to and you can't think of any other way to possibly strike up a conversation and potentially bed down, uh, why not order them a drink off this in-flight entertainment thing and you are good to go? What can I tell you? Virgin America. Letting travelers send each other drinks on flights. Best idea. Worst idea. Sam Zion, Sam the Cooking Guy, coming up next. All right, gang, here we go. If you're like me, you're always trying to think of ways to step up that barbecue and grilling game, right? Easiest way to do it, no better way to do it, than by making a quick stop over to ButcherBBQ.com. Now, are you looking for some type of validation before you head over? Forget about it. Longtime sponsor of the show. I've seen Dave Cook in person. I've seen the great results. I've seen his high KCBS finishes for Team of the Year, plus his category finishes. Unquestioned, unmatched, unrivaled when it comes to competition barbecue products, services, and cooking. We all know Butcher's well-known for that injection, the pork, the beef, now the prime injection, which has combined all the things love with their beef injection, using its award-winning flavor enhancer and its ability to keep your brisket juicy. They've combined it with what has become the competition standard in beef flavor. Available for sale right now at ButcherBBQ.com. Now, 
Perhaps you're looking for a go-to rubber sauce. Friends, you've hit the mother load here as well. Butcher's Barbecue has a full line of award-winning rubs. One of my personal favorites is that steak and brisket rub, but you can grab honey rub. You can grab that uh, prime rub or the premium rub as well. Now, look, if you're going to get the premium rub, get that especially if you inject with Butcher's Barbecue because it's formulated to work with the injection. A perfect one-two punch. Punch to impress judges and friends alike. Last but not least, folks, Butcher's Barbecue Sweet Barbecue Sauce. Look, when it comes to barbecue sauce, I'm as picky as it gets, self-admitted. I tear them up one side and down the other. But Butcher's Sweet Sauce wins in every category for me. Not overly sweet. A nice slice of tang just the right amount of back-end heat for crying out loud. No liquid smoke. Dave took the time and effort to make quality sauces, and he didn't take the easy way out like a lot of people do by adding that devil's urine better known as liquid smoke grab a box of six take it from me from a guy that lives with a house full of women who would be surprised if they even liked one bottle of barbecue sauce of course it isn't mine they love the butcher's barbecue sauce grab six it's going to go fast and no worries about breaking the bank when it comes to shipping either items totaling up to 55 bucks ship at eight dollars and 55 cents 55 to 200 bucks ship at nine dollars and 75 cents and anything over 200 dollars ships exactly for zero dollars zero cents that means free yeah free head on over to butcherbbq.com and stock up right now that's butcherbbq.com butcherbbq.com we'll be coming back with sam the cooking guy aka sam zion you are listening to barbecue central radio show right here on the barbecue central radio networks Casting live on the RBQ Central Radio Network Studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Radio Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rampey. All right, we are back. 877-448-0433. Greg at thebbqcentralshow.com. Happy to have you board here on your Tuesday. Uh, open segment next, depending on how it goes with Sam here. But my next guest, a regular contributor to the show. He also hosts his own video podcast that posts new episodes every Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday. A multiple-time author. A 13-time award, uh, Emmy Award winner. Let's go ahead and race over to the hotline. And welcome back, friend of the show, Sam the Cooking Guy, also known as Sam Zion. Sam, how are you, bud? I'm good, man. How are you? Doing absolutely fabulous, Sam. Always appreciate you uh, making time for the show here tonight. And, uh, you know, good amount of ground to cover here. Uh, you've been into this uh, theme weeks over the last number of uh, episodes on the Sam Livecast. And you recently did Meatloaf theme, which I loved. Look. Yeah, we um, did. As somebody who is partial to what we would call comfort food yeah meatloaf to me is one of those significant items that really signify comfort and warmth and goodness and stick to your people say stick to your ribs all the time i mean meatloaf sticks to your ribs so if you could kind of break down the week and the recipes that you chose because i think the centralites are going to love it uh it's cool well look uh here's the thing uh I'm not exactly sure when it happened, but we like this idea of there being a um, a theme, a week theme, carry it through the whole week. 
And the shows uh, actually are Monday, Wednesday, Friday. I mean, you wake up Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and there's a new live cast uh, up on the on the site, on iTunes, uh, on YouTube for you to watch. So we settled on um, Meatloaf Week, and I thought it was important that the first part of it, the first day, we show people how to make a meatloaf. And I'm sure maybe people know my version's a little different. I call it a Mexican meatloaf. Um, it has uh, diced green chilies in it and has some fajita seasoning. Uh, but the important part, I think, for this is, is the, the the topping. You know, meatloafs tend to have a um, some kind of ketchup-based sauce on top of it. Some as simple as just ketchup, right? Which I, I'm not sure what kind you made before mine, and I know you've made mine now. Um, but so this is this is ketchup, apricot jam to a sweeten it up mm. and help it thicken, and uh, b uh, c. Uh, chipotle peppers diced up and mixed in with that. So you've got spice, you've got sweet, you've got the stickiness of the apricot jam. It's just really amazing over the top. And when I make a meatloaf, I don't use a meatloaf pan. I just form it on a baking sheet itself. Yeah. I mean, I think everybody could probably figure out what a meatloaf free form would look like. A, a pan is just one more one more thing that I feel like I need to clean and What's the point? And I don't like it. And so uh, half the time, I'm not even sure where my loaf pan is. So forget it. So first day, Monday, we, we made the meatloaf. Second uh, day of uh, meatloaf week, we made a uh, meatloaf sandwich. And I know it sounds simple. You take some meatloaf, you put it in some bread, and you eat it. But there's a few keys to it that, that really help enhance it. One of them is that we take these slices of already cooked meatloaf, and we put them in a nonstick pan with a little oil and we grill them again or we cook them a second time. What that does is, of course, it heats it up. But more importantly, it starts to blacken the edges a little bit, gets them a little bit crispy and adds a whole nother layer of flavor yep. that just cutting a whack of it off of the loaf and throwing it in some bread wouldn't do. We also uh, I used a really good, super seedy brown bread. But I grilled the bread too. So I took the bread instead of toasting it, which is what you know you might normally do with a meatloaf sandwich, I buttered it and then I put it on my flat top. It's a big flat nonstick surface. Then I grilled it, and there's something, Greg, about grilled bread as opposed to toasted bread. They both warm up, they both get a little crispy, they both have butter on them, but when you grill them as opposed to toasting them, it's a whole different ballgame. So We've got the grilled bread. We've got this these slices of meatloaf that we've cooked in the pan till they get crispy. Then on the bread goes some lettuce and some tomato and the other piece of bread, some mayonnaise mixed with this sauce that goes on top. I always make extra sauce. Mix it together with some mayonnaise. On it goes lots of it. It should be gooey. Top goes on, gooey. cut, eat. It's, as I like to say, it's stupid good. It All really right. is. Let me interrupt here. So, oh, shit. Yeah. I totally screwed the shot up. Damn it. Hold on. You had the shot of it? Yeah. No. Well, no. I was going to show you something uh, cool here, but I I completely. I'm seeing you and your your bath, your your shower curtain behind. Yeah. Look at me. I'm in your. I'm in your. How did you do that? I'm in your kitchen, baby. Yeah. (laughs) Look around the other. uh, Look around the other side. I'm right here. You are amazing. Oh yeah, it's uh, I'm uh, I'm something to behold. Um, so look, let me ask you God. this: You were just talking yeah. about uh, you know the the mayo mixture. 
Yeah. You're a big fan of this thing called Cupy Mayo. Is that yeah, what, A, is that what you used? And for the people that don't know about it, because I'm like a Hellman's yeah. guy, uh, where can you yeah. get it and what sets it apart? I'm going to show you. Hold on one sec. Hey, Kelly, can you bring me a QP uh, Mayo out of the cupboard, please? Actually. QP uh, Mayonnaise out of the cupboard? Let me uh, let me okay. just reach over here and grab it. Which one is it? <laughs> I'll just go it's ahead. Actually, go that way. Go that way. With it. <laughs> yeah, uh, more. <laughs> yeah. So hard. here's the deal. Um, mayonnaise, uh, as most people will know, is pretty much just fat, right? Right. Thank you. Thanks, oh, oh, look at that. Right, throwing so it right pretty at much just pretty much just fat. So I say, if you're if you're a fan of mayo A and B, uh, you're going to use just fat on something. You might as well use fat that has flavor. Yes. And here and here's what it is. Let's see if I can get it there. It's QP mayonnaise and QP because of the little QP doll on the front. Yeah. Um, it's Japanese mayonnaise that you can get at a Japanese supermarket. You can get it at a Chinese supermarket. You can get it at – well, you can buy it off of Amazon.com. Uh, if I go to a, a ja- an Asian market here and buy this, it's going to cost uh, about 5 bucks. If you buy it off of Amazon, it's 10 Wow. I mean, I- I'm sure you can find it someplace else. They use uh, just the yolk. They don't use any of the white. It's a little bit – just a tiny bit more yellow than regular mayonnaise. But it's the flavor, Greg, that yep. really makes this special. Anybody that I've done a, as stupid as it sounds, a mayonnaise taste testing for, a little dish of regular best foods or, or what have you, right. and a little bit of this and another dish, uh, it's it's always one. It's nearly life changing. Really, I, I'm telling you, it's you won't go back to regular Western mayonnaise again after you've used this. All right. Have you have you have you ever had it? No, I haven't. Okay, this one. This one is being sent to you. I will send this to you tomorrow. Perfect. You'll have it in a couple of days. And then you'll tell me if you like. I want you to do a side-by-side with it. All right. Because I think you'll be really impressed. But the point is, the sandwich should be should be gooey. You should take a bite and some dribbles here and some goes on the, the plate, that kind of thing. And this and that extra ketchup and apricot jam and chipotle sauce that oh. together – it's unbelievable. In fact, when you go to a Japanese restaurant and you have sushi, very often there's kind of a pinkish, uh, very, very light pink uh, sauce that comes on top of some of the rolls and stuff. Mm-hmm. It's sriracha chili sauce mixed with this. That's all it is. Oh, I love sriracha, too. That's one of my favorite hot sauces. You're going to love it. I'm telling you, you're going to be very happy that I sent this. I can't We're wait. Turn you on to it. Can't so wait. anyway, third, the third recipe for, for meatloaf week. We took a chunk of leftover meatloaf and turned it into a like a pasta sauce, like a meat sauce. Think about it. When you go to make spaghetti sauce or meat sauce or pasta sauce or whatever you want to call it, you start by taking ground beef, you put it in the pan, you cook it down till it's it's no longer raw, you add some seasonings to it, then you put in tomato paste or sauce or whatever you want. So we skipped that whole first step. By taking this leftover meatloaf, crumbling it into the pan, letting it warm up, and then we added this, the the tomato sauce and paste to it, and you know spices and, and whatever you want to do. It's amazing. It's amazing. Onion, whatever you want. But think about it. Don't use meatloaf just as a slab on a plate with a knife and fork. You can make a sandwich out of it. You can make a spaghetti sauce out of it. There's a ton of things you can do. Right, and so- by the way, summer's coming up. 
I mean, maybe everybody's grilling right now, whatever parts of the world they live in. But <laughs> that slice of cooked meatloaf done outside on the grill before it goes into the sandwich, so it gets the stripe and the stripes and it gets the smoke. Unbelievable. Yeah. So, a uh, couple different things here that I'm my mind is just racing. Uh, first yeah. of all, the fact that you made like a, a bolognese sauce out of this yeah. meatloaf thing is pure genius. Meatloaf in this family is huge, so it's rare that I get more than maybe one sandwich, and I try and make it big enough to where there's at least one sandwich left over for me, but it's been so non-cool like you did. Because, like you know, I guess it's how you grow up. It's simple and whatnot, so I would always take the cold meatloaf right, and then put it on white bread, and then I would yeah. put ketchup over it, and to me, Stop. it's Stop like it. it's like heaven. It's so simple. You're, you're breaking my heart. I, 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 but I, you know what? I'm not denying that that's not good. No. I'm just saying there's a whole nother level that you yes. can take it to that really is not a whole lot more complicated. It's the same components, just put together in a slightly different way. All right. So uh, one question, one statement. And yes. I'm, you know, I have regular guests on the show. You're one of them, obviously. And uh, some of the other guys are like big-time barbecue food bloggers. Right. And it, it always fascinates me because I'm a guy that goes into the grocery store and I have a list and I buy what's on the list. You strike me as a guy, as well as my other food blogging buddies that go into a store and it's like, wow, I see this, I see this, I see this. And what are we going to do next? So how does the, the, the pasta sauce even come up in your mind? Like I would never see that. So how does that come into your mind and how does that actually get into a recipe? I, I think originally, uh, I think it's in my second cookbook. Uh, the shortcut cookbook. And I think it was a, a matter of having meatloaf in the fridge and looking at it for a couple extra days and going, I just don't want to use it the same way again. What else could I do with it? I mean, so I cook for a living and I, I guess I try and look at things differently sometimes. And that's, that's honestly where that came from. It's just a matter of what can I do differently with this to do something else. I tell people all the time, and, and maybe I've said this uh, to you and your, your listeners once before, but um, I, I tell people when you, you find yourself in kind of a, I don't know if it's a rut, but a lot of people are like, it's Tuesday, so we're making Aunt Ruth's chicken today, right? You just right. get into that habit. Yep. Tuesday, Aunt Ruth's chicken night. I say this, when you go to the store to buy the ingredients to make Aunt Ruth's chicken, Pretend one of the ingredients you have to buy no longer exists. Force yourself to do something else. Now, what could you do? In the case of the Aunt Ruth's chicken, I mean, I don't know what it would be. Let's say it's chicken and uh, uh, breadcrumbs and uh, mustard and honey for some sauce. Of course, you could pretend chicken didn't exist and you could substitute turkey for it. But that might be boring. I mean, turkey and chicken. So, so stretch a little bit more, right? No, I can't use turkey. I got to use something else. What could that be? You could use a pork chop for that. I think it would change the thing uh, in, uh, dr- dramatically. You could probably find some piece of fish, tilapia or sole or cod, something to substitute for the chicken. Now you're starting to really change it a lot. Or forget the breadcrumbs. I can't buy breadcrumbs, Western ones. I can't buy panko breadcrumbs, oh. the Japanese ones. What could you find? You could take uh, crackers and you could bust those things up. You could do, I mean, anything crunchy in the store turned, you know, in the processor, you could turn into some kind of crumb-like thing would be perfect. 
You just got to think. Think outside the boring box that sometimes we find ourselves living in. Yeah, a lot of people finding themselves in that boring box. Sam Zion joining yeah. me here on the show, Sam the Cooking Guy. Some websites to check them out, the samlivecast.com, also the cookingguy.com, and uh, a new blogger for Bed Bath and Beyond, right? Yeah. Look yeah, at yeah, you. Yeah. It's very very exciting. Yeah. Bed Bath and Beyond has never had a a, a person represent any of their stuff before. This is new territory for them. And uh, thrilled to get uh, an email asking if this is stuff that I would do. And it took, honestly, six, six, seven months to put the deal together. But we figured it out. So now the blog stuff I do is on their blog, blog.bedbathandbeyond.com. Yep. We're shooting videos for them, putting recipes up, and just trying to make people a little more... I don't want to say comfortable. Maybe put a fa- some personality into some of the things that they do. People can go on there and ask questions. We shot some stuff today about uh, um, for Mother's Day that will be up. We did a juicing blog. People send questions in. We're trying to answer. I answer them online. Uh, and and when we get enough of a ter- certain topic, we'll go ahead and we'll shoot a video for it. We'll write a blog entry for it. That kind of stuff. It's really cool. It's a cool organization, thousand stores across the country, Canada, uh, Mexico now. I mean, it's, it's a big joint. And, and they're starting to say, let's not just be one big you know, uh, storefront. Let's, let's put a little personality behind it. Let people know we're real and, and we understand them. We want to be here for them. And they came to me, and I'm super jazzed about it. I think one of the things that I really like about that whole blog as I'm sitting in yeah. the kitchen is the fact that God, I hate to, I hate to say it. I'm not a reader. I mean, I like to write. I like to talk. Yeah. I'm not a reader. So when I go to uh blog dot bed, bath and beyond.com, your entries are a lot of them are video. So it's actually you yeah. in this kitchen, you know, showing the coffee maker, showing you about knives, showing you about a bunch of different other things. So to me, it's almost like interactive where I'm like, hey, Sam, what do you think about this? And you're like, oh, hey, uh, here you go. To me, that actually engages the audience a little bit more than having to read it. And that's actually very contradictory of me because uh, I just started writing articles for AmazingRibs.com, which is like the heaviest yeah. uh, traffic barbecue and grilling website. So it's written word. But, man, right. I, I love the videos and how that engages the audience. And I think that portion of it for them is is a total win for you guys. Well, thank you. So why don't, why don't you do some videos for them? Is it, uh, is it out of the question? or? Uh, I- I think with the subject matter I'm trying to cover, it might be because it, it's a lot more in depth competition cooking. How did how do the oh, how are the I teams doing ribs? How are the teams doing brisket? Uh, so I see, I the see. written word is going to win over that. But as far as yeah. just a general consumer is concerned with the Bed Bath and Beyond stuff, I think it's great because you're showing products and you're giving your own feedback alongside of that, which I think really holds a lot of weight with the listeners and and your right. fans and, and the potential buyers. That's cool. They're excited. We're excited. I like what, the way people are responding to it. Seems to all be a good thing for us. Sam, can I uh, put you on a quick hold here? And Can you do another of segment? Of course. Yeah, right. I'm here for you. All right, let's do that. Uh, we'll uh, pick up with Sam Zion here in just a second. I'm going to do uh, a quick spot. For the longest-running sponsor of the show, you know him, you love him, the Barbecue Guru. I think the first time we ever had Sam on, he listened to the Barbecue Guru spot. Uh, but let me talk to you again. Warminster, Pennsylvania, the creators of automatic pit temperature control technology. And look, uh, if you're thinking about buying one of these for your cookers, there's some few competing 
people out there in the market. These guys, why would you buy something else from somebody who didn't create this technology? They are the ones that created it. They're the ones that perfected it. They're the ones that are giving you multiple options. So why not buy these automatic temperature control devices from the barbecue guru? Now, maybe you're not familiar with how these little beauties work. I'm not going to get into the minute details, but imagine a product that allows you to set your pit temperature control, and once set, it keeps it running right at that set temperature all the way through the cook. Sound too good to be true? It's not. This is real-life technology that you can take advantage of right today by visiting thebbqguru.com. Now, maybe you're busy working professional like me or like Sam. You have kids. You're constantly on a run with them doing errands. Quite frankly, you just don't have time to sit around and tend pit temperatures. I agree. I understand. The Barbecue Guru allows you to throw on a pork butt or a brisket or a couple slabs of rib. You're off to do whatever it is you need to get done, and the Barbecue Guru maintains your pit temperature you set it at. There's currently a number of different models to choose from. It fits your budget. It fits your level of geekdom, whatever that may be. The one that's most popular right now, that's CyberQ Wi-Fi. Imagine this, friends. You have a Wi-Fi connection. It also generates its own Wi-Fi connection. You're at a competition, or maybe you're just cooking at home. 3 o'clock in the morning, you're like, oh, where's that pit temperature at? Grab your smartphone. Grab your tablet. Grab your computer. Don't get out of bed. Click on the webpage. It takes you right there. A, see where your meat temperatures are at. B, see where your pit temperature is at. Cooking too fast, ramp it down. Cooking too slow, ramp it up. All those adjustments can be made right there on your smart device, on your tablets, on your computers, on your web interface, whatever the case may be. You never have to go outside. Plus, once it reaches your finish temperature, it goes into ramp mode. So you're not going to get those ugly little bugs. Everything's safe. You're all good to go because the barbecue guru has your back. And don't forget about that party queue, 129 bucks. Runs on AA batteries. You can go from cooker to cooker. And it's the easiest point of entry right now when it comes to automatic pit temperature control device. Don't forget about that Onyx oven as well. It's winning on the competition trail, winning in backyards. All you have to do is visit thebbqguru.com or give them a call. 800-288-GURU. That's 800-288-GURU. You'll be outfitted with exactly what you need to get you up and running right out of the box. Thebbqguru.com. Stick around. More Sam Zion right after this. Stick around. I'll be right back. Big name interviews, advice on cooking brisket and ribs, and the only host willing to share his honest opinion on all things important in the world of barbecue. It's the Barbecue Central Show. All right, we are back. 877-448-0433, Greg at thebbqcentralshow.com if you want to jump in tonight. And we rejoin our conversation with uh, Sam the Cooking Guy. You can find him at thesamlivecast.com, also thecookingguy.com. All right, Sam, so we had a wonderful conversation about meatloaf uh, on a number of different topics, which I love. One of the most popular cooking staples in the kitchen is this olive oil, especially extra virgin, aside from Rachel Ray giving it that EVOO nickname, which I have now adapted into EV olive oil so I don't get sued for (laughs) trade purposes. Uh, I can't can't stand her use of that terminology. So much. I refuse to say it. EV olive oil. I don't, it rolls I don't off care if it takes me an extra half a second to say all those words. <laughs> I'm going to do it, Greg. That's right. Uh, so, you know, there really isn't a lot of stuff to go off of when regarding which one to purchase. There's a lot of extra virgins out there to choose from. So the question is this. How does someone go about picking the best 
extra virgin olive oil for that? Okay, well, so here's the deal. Um, extra virgin olive oil comes from the first pressing of the olives. It's got more flavor, um, and it's it's richer tasting. Um, it's sort of fattier tasting, but more importantly, it's um, more expensive. So, uh, A, you don't want to just buy one blind, and B, you just don't want to scatter it on everything that you're going to cook. Extra virgin olive oil, for me, is meant for when I want the flavor of the olive oil to enhance whatever it is I'm cooking. If I'm uh, grilling some burgers and I want a bunch of sautéed mushrooms for that, I'll use regular olive oil, not extra virgin. Because in that case, I don't really want it to flavor. I want to use it more like like lubrication, if you will. Yeah. if I made risotto, risotto, I don't know how to, risotto, how do you say it? Risotto. Risotto. I, I can't, <laughs> I find myself saying it in a really affected sort of way because I've been ruined by Giada De Laurentiis and a bunch of oh, other no. clowns on TV. Risotto. When I make risotto, uh, the last thing that I give it is a drizzle of really good extra virgin olive oil. Right. That's I want to taste the olive oil in that case. So how do you find one that you like? That's very important. Any good cookware store will have bottles of olive oil open and little bread things that you can pour pour out a little, dip, and taste it. I've been to olive oil tastings before. There wasn't bread. There was little spoons. You'd put a little bit on a spoon and sort of like you would suck wine through uh, your lips and teeth to help aerate it. Yep. It's sort of that's what that's what people do because when you aerate it that way, sort of the the flavor sort of opens up in your mouth. Right. But olive oil, uh, extra virgin olive oil, is a very personal thing. I say it's like cowboy boots. I don't know what size feet you wear, but if you and I had the same size foot, I could wear your dress shoes. You could wear my sneakers. Everything would be fine. But if you tried to wear cowboy boots that I owned, cowboy boots after a very short period of time, tend to mold to the wearer's foot. Right. If you put my cowboy boots on or I put yours on, it wouldn't feel right. And just because I like a certain type of olive oil doesn't guarantee you're going to like the same type of olive oil. So tasting it at a store or at somebody's house is really super important. There's a couple major things with olive oils. One of them is a fruity kind of finish, and the other one is bitter. I don't happen to like a bitter finish. I like a fruity, lighter kind of end to the taste when I, uh, in my mouth when I have olive oil. So that's what I'm going to look for. But you can't go by somebody saying, oh, that's really good. You're going to like it. It's like saying, oh, that movie's really good. Just because you liked uh, The Godfather doesn't mean I will. <laughs> and now that I've said that, just let me say, Godfather happens to be my favorite movie. Best movie oh. ever. Not, ever, right? Not The Godfather no 2, not The Godfather 3, but the original Godfather, one of the best movies ever. But if you had to pick between two and three, which one would you pick? Two. Yeah. Uh, I'm torn. There's, there, Yeah, I think probably two. I like the whole backstory well, that you got into. I like I like a brother shooting another brother in the head. Wait, yeah. 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 Right. I mean, you don't I get that in say. three. Yeah. That's true. That's what can true. I tell you? Sam Zion joining us That's here true. on the show, the samlivecast.com, thecookingguy.com. You know, another but do thing, that. Go, yeah. go find, sorry, do that. Go find yourself a good olive oil. Find a good cookware store that has some bottles open or somebody that owns a few bottles. Let them taste for you. There's a place out here, a sponsor of my show called We Olive. 
Yeah. You guys don't have them out there. No. It's exclusively California extra virgin olive oils. But what's cool is you can go to the stores and ask for a tasting and an education and they'll do it for you. It won't cost you anything. They'll let you sample 5, 10, 20. doesn't make any difference. Really? Yeah. I have to say, if you go online to weolive.com and put my name Sam in the shop now box, you'll get 10% off your order. Little plug for my sponsors. Watch out. Great we love to save money here on this show. Don't we? Absolutely. Absolutely. No doubt about it. Um, all right. So check this out. You're a bourbon guy, right? Uh, so this is my uh, Tervis Tumbler, by the way. My It says oh, King yeah. of the Grill Look right at, there. Uh, Absolutely. And I am enjoying a Blanton single barrel. Have you ever had that? No, I haven't. Oh, you got to try it. It's so good. Really? Yeah. I mean, I hate to say this 50 bucks a bottle, and I'm drinking it on the show, but it's the, yeah, upper, but it's the upper echelon, but it is so good. And you're just drinking it uh, just on the rocks? Yeah, Do just I see on the ice rocks. in there? Yeah. yeah. That's it. Yeah, yeah that's it. Just a couple. That's the only way. Yeah, don't want to dilute it. I have those. I have one of those ice cube trays that make these, the big cubes. Yeah. Have you seen those? No, I ha- I've seen the. Um, it's like the either ball. stainless steel or the rocks that you can freeze, yeah. so it doesn't dilute. So this literally makes them this big. Wow. It's just a big square that you drop in. It melts yeah. slower, thereby not watering down your fifty dollar a bottle blend. Right. right. Yeah. That's all right. I mean, it's uh, it's it's so good. If you have the opportunity to pick some up, I highly suggest it, just like a Ferrari on Ferris Bueller's Day Off. All right, so here it is. Another staple on this kitchen is salt. Not table salt, but kosher and sea salt. And you hear about it all the time. People are dipping their hands in and sprinkling it around their dishes. What's the difference between the two, and is there a difference between the two? Right. All right. Well, first things first, I don't own table salt. I no longer Never. keep table salt in my home. No, I haven't for I haven't for maybe uh, five years. Hmm. Now I'm not a baker uh, per se, but when I do bake something, I use kosher salt. So here's the difference: kosher salt um, is mined. Um, it's not huge chunky grains, but decent sized chunky grains, um, big enough that when you have a pile in your hand. And you sprinkle like this, yep. you can sprinkle evenly. If you try to do that with those tiny little grains of a table salt, uh, it will fall through. You'll end up with a pile this big on one end of the uh, steak, and the other end of the steak will have nothing on it. Not to mention, table salt has stuff added to it. Iodine, anti-clumping agents, junk like that. You ever been into a restaurant and seen the uh, salt shaker with rice in it? Yes. They do that to keep the moisture out of the salt. Table salt kind of just somehow naturally sucks up the, the moisture and it clumps in there. So to, to counter that, they add, and they add this anti-clumping agent to it and all kinds of things. I don't need that. I don't want it. I don't keep it. I use kosher salt. Mind, not too expensive. Uh, it's fabulous. Almost every restaurant kitchen you go to, will use kosher salt for what they do for their 99% of their cooking. Now, sea salt um, is evaporated from a, 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 a lake. I don't know where it comes from. It's not the ocean, I guess. I don't know where it comes from. But some kind of salt-bearing water bed is where the uh, sea salt comes from. Evaporation to get it to where it 
comes into in a cake in a bottle in a store, a lot more expensive. Sea salt more expensive, but it's got those sort of pretty flat little flaky grains. I would only use sea salt um, if I wanted to finish something in a very pretty, gentle kind of way. If I wanted the if I wanted the recipient of this dish to see the sea salt sitting on it or the salt, that's what I would I would use uh, sea salt. I keep a little bag of it. I keep, I like this particular brand from New Zealand. I keep a little bag of that pouch of it in my kitchen. Uh, honestly, I can't remember the last time I went to it. Wow. Kosher salt all the time. And remember, salt used the right way shouldn't f- make food salty. It should bring out all the natural flavors of whatever it is you're cooking. And the only evidence that you need that salt does that, impacts food in a positive way, enhances the natural flavors, is that pretty much anything that you bake, there's salt in. Yeah. And the lemon bars and the cupcakes and the cookies don't come out salty. They come out tasting more lemony or an enhanced level of chocolate mm-hmm. or the raspberries are better. Salt used the right way enhances the natural flavors. Shouldn't make food salty. That's that. So check this out. There's a guy in Canada, the old country, yeah. I think, as you termed it. Uh, in Canada, there is a friend of the show called Danielle Domofsky. She's a pitmaster of DivaQ, and she's got a, a show out in Canada now called Barbecue Crawl. Wait the, a minute. What, the, by the way, DivaQ, yep. really good name. Absolutely. Um, so this guy can't figure out what to do. So he's watching... You and I on Roku live, and he's also watching. He's also watching barbecue crawl at the same time. Check this out. Can you see that? This guy can't figure out what to do. I love it. Look at this guy. Ask him where is he? Where is he in Canada? Uh, Find out. He'll tell us in yeah, a second. Yeah, he's got. He's on uh, instant chat here. I just had to share yeah. that with you because I think that was pretty awesome. That's hilarious. All right. So yeah, I mean, he's he's so barbecue crazy. He can't figure out yeah. what he wants to choose. So why choose? He's in Toronto actually. Uh, I lived in Toronto for uh, a year and a half, or or as I like to say, one winter's worth of time. Yeah, uh, one winter's fortnight in Toronto, That's absolutely. We're God. talking with uh, Sam Zion, Sam the Cooking Guy, the SamLiveCast.com, also uh, thecookingguy.com if you want to check him out. One last thing tonight, and, yes, sir. Uh, you know, I, I don't know anything about this except the fact that I was watching your show one time and you were talking about it, and I've seen it reappear every once in a while. Rice cooker. Let me tell you what rice cooker means to me. I'm taking a yeah. red box out of the pantry. I'm boiling yeah. water. And I'm, yeah. making, I'm making fucking rice. What is rice cooker? Do I need to get one? What is it all about? Kelly? Wait. <laughs> hold, on. hold on. Let me get it. Wait. He's out here. Talk oh. to your audience for a second. Here we go. Hey, ladies. Hey, ladies and gentlemen. We're talking about rice cookers tonight. Yeah, I remember one time I was at a Cubs game talking about rice cookers with Stoney. It was crazy. We were talking about all sorts of crazy things. I was having beers by the pound. I was bonging beers in the in the uh, in the call booth. It was crazy. Oh, wait a second. Hold on. We're back. Here he is. Yeah, we're back. That was very very nice, by the way. Sam is back. There we go. All right. So here's the deal. <laughs> Yeah, I grew up uh, in Vancouver, Canada. My mom is a, is a fantastic cook. Here's how she made rice. She took an iron pot. She put rice in. She put water in. She brought it to a boil. When it started boiling, she turned it down to a simmer, put the lid on, 
and waited about, uh, I don't know, 25 minutes. Yep. Maybe 30. At the end of 30 minutes, perfect rice. At the end of 40 minutes, burnt rice, stuck, bad, no bueno, nobody wants it. Therein lies, herein lies the beauty of a rice cooker. Look at that thing. It looks like right? a, a bread maker. Uh, it does look like a bread maker. Yep. This is made by a company called, uh, who makes this? Aroma makes this. Uh, they sell these things. Target, Walmart, Sam's Club, Costco. You can buy them all over the place. This one I probably had for five years or so. So here's the deal. You open it up. The rice goes inside here. The water goes inside. Yeah. You shut the lid and you push start and you walk away. Yeah. And now you walk away to um, the backyard to do some grilling. Yep. You go to the store or you go to Las Vegas and you come back a day or two days later. Two days? Two days later. You open it up, the rice inside, perfect. And when I say perfect, I mean perfect. Nothing burnt, nothing ruined, nothing gloppy, not one giant block of rice. It's perfect. (laughs) And so for me... I eat a lot of rice. I make a lot of Asian food. I like rice underneath it. I like rice all the time. Yep. In fact, my favorite, uh, after I've been out, come back, it's late night, I've been drinking and I need something to eat, a bowl of rice, an over-easy fried egg on top oh, of it. Oh, watch out. Japanese mayonnaise oh, over the top. No. And then a little spice. Oh, heaven. I got to get you. The little spice that I use, I'm going to send you one of those too. You'll like this. I won't tell you what it is. I'm just going to send it. That's heaven for me. But the key is the rice cooker rice. It keeps it fresh. It keeps it the right temperature. It knows it doesn't matter how much rice you put in, this much or this much. It knows how long to cook it, when it's ready, and to turn itself from cooked to warm and to maintain the rice at a perfect temperature and a perfect consistency inside for two days or two hours. Really? Yeah, it's ridiculous. And now you can get complicated ones that do. Because, you know, brown rice, which presumably we should all be eating, uh, has a longer cooking time than white rice. So now Mm -hmm. these things have settings for brown rice and all kinds of stuff. I don't know. Wow. It's fantastic. It's fantastic. And you can buy one, a good one. For twenty bucks. Oh, all right. That was my next question: yeah. is you know yeah, what kind yeah, of one investment? of the big, uh, yeah, at one of the big, uh, you know, the targets of the world, those, those kind of places. Wow, twenty bucks, and you have perfect rice for two hours or two days. Two three days, days? Right. really? Two days? Two days? Seriously? J- <sighs> Asian families, Japanese, they make a giant big rice cooker batch, and then they just take from it over the next few days. They don't have to. They don't have to continue to make it because it's there perfect you're, you're like the asian expert did you date asian chicks or something when you were growing up i did yes our, our friend up in toronto will know that vancouver has a <laughs> has a uh, high percentage of chinese and uh i definitely had a uh i definitely had a couple of asian girlfriends growing up uh one two chinese girlfriends and a and a uh, half japanese girl for a while wow look at you multicultural multi-continental I, mean, I didn't marry that way, but yeah. Vancouver, you can't help it. Hey, I it's mean, like, uh, it's like, um, it's like dating a fat chick in Cleveland. Happens. <laughs> Absolutely. 
Yeah, that's what it's like. No it's doubt about it. Uh, Sam Zion you hosts. Help, you turn around and there they are. That hey. I, I know all about it too well, unfortunately. Sam Zion <laughs> hosts the Sam Livecast. New episodes posted every Monday, Wednesday, Friday. You can also read the new blog for Bed Bath & Beyond at blog.bedbathandbeyond.com. Sam, always appreciate the time. Thanks so much for the information. We'll look for you again next month, buddy. You're the man. Thanks, brother. Have a good night. You got it. You too. There he is. Sam Zion. The SamLiveCast.com. There you go. All right. Uh, let's... Um, kind of work into a giveaway here after this a public service announcement from steven defranco gang did you know i just found out today mother's day two weeks two weeks folks two weeks let me tell you this how many times have you shit the bed when it comes to mother's day me the last 10 years easily here's the good news we know somebody that's in the bar it, the barbecue and grilling. Well, he loves barbecue and grilling, no doubt about that. We know somebody in the jewelry business. Let me challenge you with this. For all of the years of bad Mother's Day gifts, have you been saving up some money? Have you been saying, hey, this is the time that I am going to really make amends and get her that great Mother's Day gift that she deserves? Mother's Day, for crying out She's the mother of your children. I suggest this. The clustered diamond earrings. Folks, don't poop the bed. Don't poop it. The the clustered diamonds are cheaper than the studs. That's right. And they look way better. I got my wife a pair last year. She wears them all the time. They look fabulous. They look bigger and better and brighter. They sparkle because it's all of these little diamonds conglomerated into one and you get two I suggest you go to stephendefranco.com or better yet lob them a phone call 440-943-2700 that's 440-943-2700 ask for Steve when he gets on the phone and say hey Steve Greg was telling me about these a cluster earrings instead of the studs his wife got one you know what I'm talking about he'll say yes oh I know exactly what you're talking about the prices are spectacular. Once you tell them that you're a barbecue brother or sister, you listen to the show, you hear the ads every week, you're a fan, you want the discount, he will hook you up. It's just that simple. You're going to come out looking like a champion. So much so that she might go to Stephen DeFranco and buy you an Accutron Bull of a watch because she can save money too for Father's Day the following month. 440-943-2700 or stephendefranco.com. That's stephendefranco.com. Know it, love it, do it. Stephen DeFranco, barbecue jeweler to the stars, to the central lights, to everybody. Hook them up. You're going to be happy you did. Drop me an email. Let me know how much you like them after you do business with them. I know. You'll thank me later. Uh, we're coming up with another prize, and then we'll wrap the show right after this. Stick around. We'll be right back. Broadcasting live from the Barbecue Central Radio Network Studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Radio Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rampey. All right, we are back. 877-448-0433. Greg at the BBQ Central Show.com. Eminence Front. The Who. 
Do you know that? Do you know who sings this song? Not Roger Daltrey. Uh, you can win a one-pound bag of JP Custom Smokes Beef Rub. Thanks to John and Patty. I'm John and Patty. John and Tina Patty from JP Custom Smoke. JPCustomSmoke.com to grab your own. But for a one-pound bag of Beef Rub, Sam Zion. Spell it right. Sam Zion, you get a one-pound bag of Beef Rub. Help the American Dream Barbecue team win first place brisket this past weekend. Hook it up. Send me an email. Cooking guy classes. Oh, never mind. Uh, you can win the one-pound bag of beef rub right now. Do it right now. Come on, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, in the in the uh, what do I want to say? In the uh, subject line, Sam Zion. Figure out how to spell it right, and you can win a one-pound bag of beef rub. Courtesy of JP Custom Smoke, jpcustomsmoke.com. Now, next week, we're going to have a whole new read for them. Folks, if, oh, look at, uh, look at Basic Patrick. Uh, Patrick, that is incorrect. Listen to me. Sam Zion. Sam Zion, not Sam Zion. Easy mistake to make. Don't do it again. You can win. The one pound. All right, so let's review the second hour. Uh, we talked about you being able to send drinks on the Virgin American Virgin Airlines to guests, which is weird, really weird. And we talked with uh, Sam Zion, the cooking guy, about. Uh, so we learned about table salt. Uh, I believe he meant to say that uh, sea salt came from the ocean through like some type of a dehydration process or drying out process or whatever the case may be. Uh, also, we talked about extra virgin olive oil because that was like a big thing for me is um, there there are some pit masters on the circuit that believe that extra virgin olive oil cold pressed first is a key to how well the ribs are and I apply it to my pork tenderloins. I apply it to my ribs. I actually apply EVOO, extra virgin EV olive oil, to my pork butts. I don't do it to brisket. Brisket, I'm always hitting um, Worcestershire sauce on, then the rub because it pastes up really nice. Then I go with uh, Worcestershire sauce. What the? Something is popping in here. What is going on? No winner yet. Sam Zion. Uh, okay, let me make it easy for you guys. Sam the cooking guy. Can you do Sam the cooking guy? Real easy. You can win. It's just that easy. The one pound bag of JP Custom Smoke. If not, we'll go. Um, you guys watching on Roku right now? Send me a shot. You send. As a matter of fact, everybody's out. Anybody watching on Roku now? Take a picture of me on your Roku television. Send it to me, and I will. If you're the first one in, you'll get the JP Custom Smoke. Just that easy. All right, let's wrap it up. Uh, in the first hour, we talked to... Who did we talk to in the first hour? We talked to Harry DeHorse. We also talked with Meathead Goldwood. Crave Meathead Gold. Look at this. Jim wins. Jim wins. Good for you, Jim. I'll be back with you here in just a moment. We talked with Meathead Goldwyn. We talked with Harry DeHorse. And the second hour was Sam Zion. Look, if you cook with raw cast iron, season it each and every time as it cools down. Hit it with the uh, 
with the brush. Then a little Pam, a little Crisco, a little Crisco if you want. A little Pam, bake it in. Years of Rust Free Service also, September 11, 2001. We'll see you back here next Tuesday at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. This is your program host and proud U.S. American, Greg Rempe. Good night now.